This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The Art Art of of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. All right. Hi, Uncle Brad. Hello, Jules. How are we? How are we doing? We're good. I was testing corpse revivers earlier, so... Me too. I was testing my recipe out. And it's funny that we're covering the corpse reviver. We will specify which one this is, but I don't know if a lot of people know, maybe newbies in the cocktail space, there's more than one corpse reviver. Yeah, there is. I was going to say that if you want to look like you know what you're doing when you order a cocktail, order a Corpse Reviver number two. I, for a long time, right, in my early days in cocktail bars, I get nervous about ordering a Corpse Reviver because I'm like, oh, which one am I getting? And is that the right one? And, you know, I had a friend that really loves Corpse Revivers and would always order them. I never would, but started to get more comfortable with Corpse Reviver and a family of drinks. I have found the Corpse Survivor number two is famous for a reason. People love it. And I find them to be really sour and really tart. So if you're like me and you don't like super tart, I had a little simple syrup to mind. Is it going to back it down? But yeah, and, and the simple syrup works, right? It gives it a little weight, yeah. but I don't know. It's a cocktail that I respect. I like it. A little too tart for me. People love it. People so, love it. I also how's that think- for a sales pitch? Uh, you know, uh, I feel like it's perfectly balanced the way that it is, but you can play with it based on your taste profile, which I like. Yeah. I think it's fun. Here's what I would say is let's make it right the first time, right? Let's talk about how it should be made. And by the way, how it should be made and loved by mm-hmm. gajillions of people. And then if you want to play around with it, go for it. Yeah. I would add more Lillet. I love it. I just sipped it again. It's a fresh bottle too. So it's just like, it is so fresh, so good. I love this ingredient. I think this cocktail is a great way to use your Lillet because I feel like you only use a little bit. So it's hard because you don't want it to go bad. But this is a great cocktail for it. And I want to add a little bit more. I like, I honestly, I'm the type of person though where I would drink Lillet over ice. That's just kind of my style. As you should. That's good. 100%. So... I have a confession to make, Jules. Ooh, okay. I didn't tell you this before the show. And I'm telling you now. Wow. So when we did the setup, I said, we're going to introduce some Lillet Blanc, yeah. right? However, I have discovered that Koki Americano is way better yeah. in this cocktail. And I have taste tested it. And I myself, even somebody that doesn't love sour cocktails, am like the Koki Americano is just... It's lights out. And there's a reason for that. So today, not only do you get a little history in part three of today's episode, but I'm going to give you a little backstory on why Cokie and not Lele Blanc in the recipe section. So stick around for that. Yeah. Not that you're going anywhere. I mean, the show just started, right? I know. The recipe's next. (laughs) But stick around and then stick around for our tip section because I'm going to show you how to frost your glass. I'm not going to show you. I'm going to tell you. It's really easy and it makes it look like a winter snow globe, if you will. And it's fun to do. And you can do it with so many different cocktails. So that's like a fun little tip. We're going to use it for my cocktail because mine, you don't want to over garnish. 
which I will then bring up what else we're going to do in today's episode. We're going to make brads the right way. But then I'm going to make... There's so many versions of this cocktail. It's so fun. I'm going to make the Corpse Reviver number blue, but we're calling it Reviving Jack Frost. That's right. Because you know what? Ooh, I like the wordplay there. We're in winter time. It's cold. Well, wait. Did Jack Frost... Did he die? What? Did you see the movie Jack Frost? Wait, well, which one? The Disney one? I don't or know. yeah, no. I'm well. Frosty is the one that melted, right? So I mean, yeah, maybe you're reviving so, Frosty. Yeah. Well. So that being said, <laughs> Brad, I'm ready Let's for get the after cocktail. <laughs> I am ready. All right, Uncle Brad, we are making these cocktails today, and thank God we are, because uh, I have had a long week, and I cannot wait. I've already had a taster of this earlier, so I can't wait to have a full one right now. Yeah, I said earlier, I was experimenting. I wanted to understand the difference between Coqui Americano and Lale Blanc, because apparently bartenders who know what they're doing prefer the flavor of Coqui Americano over Lale Blanc. And the reason for that is, is that Coqui Americano is supposed to taste more like Kina Lale, which is what the original Corpse Reviver that Harry Craddock wrote about included. And so apparently Coqui Americano represents that flavor that's been lost to history. So here's the story. Kina Lale was developed by brothers Paul and Raymond, and they began producing it back in 1886. So they took some inspiration from the Caribbean spices and they made this fortified wine. And a little inspiration came from Conquina. And Conquina was another beverage that was French. And it was France's answer to the gin and tonic. Quinine was quite popular with militaries because it warded off malaria. And these troops brought this taste for quinine back and This is why people still drink tonic today, right? There's just some people love that taste of quinine, my wife being one of them. Anyways, so they bring this flavor back and Kina Lale is born to appeal to these new spices that have been found in the new world, but then also to appeal to the military folks and others who have developed a taste for quinine. However, one day there's a gentleman who purchases Lale and that's Bruno Bori. And he acquired the brand and discontinued the use of quinine in Kina Lale and reformulated it to be Lale Blanc. So what you're drinking with Lale Blanc is not what was intended to go with the Corpse Survivor number two when it was first invented. Coqui Americano contains cincona, which looks like it's spelled chinchona. And this is a natural source of quinine. So you have quinine back in Coqui Americano. Now, it doesn't hit you in the face, but it's there. And because this most closely represents Kina Lale, this is the reason that it's the preferred mixer to Lale Blanc. Now, I'll tell you, I've had Coqui Americano, and I love it with Coqui Americano. It just brings more to the table than Lale Blanc does, although Lale is wonderful and can be drank on its own. But that's the story on Kina Lale and Lale Blanc and Coqui Americano. Interesting. Okay, I have to try it. That's my homework. Yeah, that's your homework. Now, if you went out and bought Lale for this recipe, it's okay. It's still going to yeah, be good. Yeah, I like it. And by the way, Lale is like great just on its own. 
We ready to uh, we ready to rip on this uh, this drink here? I'm ready to rip it. Corpse Survivor number two. So I'm over here at my drink station now, and so now I'm going to look this way, and you're going to hear me over here. So uh, this is a great cocktail because it's equal parts. Once you get to, except for the absinthe, so it's going to be three quarter ounce gin, three quarter ounce cocchi americano, three quarter ounce Cointreau, and three quarter ounce fresh lemon juice. And then you use a couple of drops of absinthe in the cocktail. Yes. And then I also went ahead and I just put a little splash of two to one simple syrup. Uh, It just, it gives the cocktail just a little something special. It doesn't make it so sweet. It doesn't actually make it really that sweet at all. It just adds a little weight to the cocktail. And I feel like it needs to be there. It's not in the original recipe the way the inventor made it, but... I think it belongs there and others would agree with me. So you be the judge. So and I see you're using Sipsmith. Sipsmith gin. It's a great gin. Three quarter ounce there. And now I'm gonna go with my Cointreau. And you want like a London drive for this, right? If you're gonna go out and get gin. Yes. Whoops. So that's my Cointreau. Three quarter ounce Cookie Americano. Uh Uh-huh. Now we're gonna go three quarter ounce of lemon juice that I squeezed a couple hours ago. And then I just got a little bit of a splash of simple syrup in here. So I'm just gonna put that in, not a lot, two to one simple syrup, okay? That goes in there. And now for the absinthe, you just do a couple of drops. And so if you wanna get like an eyedropper, you can, and just add a couple of drops. I'm going to use my thumb over the mouth of the bottle. Not recommended unless you're good at this. So I'm just going to add a couple of drops here. Boom. Ice. Shake it. A really good cocktail shaker. (laughs) Jules, I got my frosty glass here. Uh, What does Thirsty Whale say? Don't be a poop. Chill your coop. Oh, is that what he says? <laughs> Wouldn't know. He blew us off on that interview. So, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm sure it was an accident. All right, here we go. Double straining into my coupe glass. Chilled. Uh-huh. Because I'm not a poop. Yeah, that's a beautiful color. And then I garnish with a little lemon twist. And this one from Caitlin up and down the old yeah. rim there. Yeah. Look at that. Bradley. Uh-huh. That looks fantastic. How's it taste? It's good. I'm digging this. Uh, Maybe because I've had a couple already. I had a Corpse Survivor number one and a number two. (laughs) Now you're really on number two. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. All right. You ready for mine? I'm ready for yours. So we're pretty much doing the same thing, but we're making it a little bit more wintry and festive. And Brad, you used orange liqueur. Well, you know what else is an orange liqueur? is blue curacao. So we're going to make this really fun, beautiful Corpse Reviver that's going to be blue, which is why we're calling it Reviving Jack Frost. Okay, so Brad, you had pre-squeezed your lemons. I forgot about that, but it is such a good thing to do. So I just squeezed mine while you were shaking and doing your thing. Like yours, three quarters of an ounce. Three quarters of an ounce, fresh squeezed lemon juice. 
And ingredients really do matter. Brad, you were talking about the Koki being a, a game changer. And that just goes to show you that you can really taste every element that's in this cocktail. So make sure you have a good gin. Make sure you're using your preferred French wine aperitif. But three quarters of an ounce of everything. Mm-hmm. So I just added in my Lillet because I didn't have my Koki. Which, by the way, I had earlier with Lillet. It's good. Don't let Brad deter you. But let it inspire you to try both. Yeah, and by the way, like, please don't let me deter you from Lillet. You've been using Lillet for so years Come on, and making spritz. awesome cocktails with it. I love it in a Vesper. I can't wait to try Koki Americano in a Vesper. <laughs> he might have been converted. Okay, three quarters of an ounce of blue curacao and gin. So now we have three quarters of an ounce of all four ingredients. So now we're just going to give this a little shaky shaky. Oh, before I double strain this, Brad, I almost forgot the absinthe. I do a little absinthe rinse? Yes. Yeah, here's the thing on, so I did, I put the absinthe, just a few drops in my drink. You rinsed the glass with the absinthe. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, I, I just kind of feel like the rinsing the glass, eh, maybe a little bit. I think what ends up happening is you end up wasting, right? Oh, um, see, I just... Versus... Oh, yeah. Well, there's that, right? You can just down it, right? But I don't know. I kind of, I think I'm a bigger fan of just adding a couple of drops to the drink itself because that's what you're doing. I mean, as soon as the liquid goes in the glass, it's not like the absinthe stays on the sides. It incorporates into the drink. So just save yourself a step and just add a drop or two to the drink while you're shaking it. But maybe there's other people who really advocate for, no, you got to rinse the glass because of X, Y, Z. I just haven't found a good reason. But that's, my friends... That is blue. That is Cheers Jack to you. Frost. If he was a cop. Mm-hmm. It's good. There is just, I don't know what it is because I thought this when I was first starting out. A, never really had interest in this cocktail, someone not being really in the industry right off the bat. But B, I always thought that this was a complicated drink. And I don't know why that is. And maybe it was because there's absinthe in there, but I remember. When I first made this, I was like, wait, why haven't I made this before? This is so easy. It's equal parts. It's easy to remember. It's readily available ingredients. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody else feels the same way, but don't sleep on this one. I mean, if you love gin, this is a great one to try out and play with. Yeah, make it blue. Yeah. Big fan of of the Corpse Reviver. I haven't had the Corpse Reviver blah, blah. but that's that's on the uh, that's on the agenda. Yeah. Should we get into the history? Yeah, I want to hear the history because do you go into why there's a number one and a number two? And well, I mean, we, we touch on it for sure. Some speculation here. Well, let's talk about that. All right, Uncle Brad. We have been revived via our cocktails. Now let's talk about why, when, how, where. (laughs) Let's talk about the old Corpse Reviver. And I said it at the top of the episode, I'll say it again. This is a drink that if you want to look like you know what you're doing, go to a bar and order a Corpse Reviver number two. Now it's got to be a cocktail bar. Like don't go to your local dive bar. Unless we're at that dive bar that you took me to. What was the name of that bar in San Diego? Sidecar. Sidecar. That place is great. It's a dive bar that's a total cocktail bar. Yeah. Huge fan. And they killed it on the drinks. But if you're going to a normal dive bar, don't order a Corpse Survivor. They probably kill you. Yeah, no, no, no. You roll up and there's like Harleys in the parking lot and you're shooting darts and 
people are breaking pool sticks over somebody's back. Like, that's not the place you order one of these. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to kind of unwind the history on this just a little bit. We'll talk about how it got its name and kind of how it came to what it is right now, Corpse Survivor number two being the, I think, the poster child for the Corpse Survivors. Although I was drinking a Corpse Survivor number one earlier and that was delicious. So we'll talk about the various recipes. Yeah. Too. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Can you speak to the differences in both of them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like also, Brad, I slightly may know the history to this one, but I also could be A, making it up or B, it could be for another cocktail. Well, I want to, I want to hear what you're thinking. Well, I don't know why this is burning in my brain and it's probably wrong, but wasn't this named the Corpse Reviver because when people were hungover, they drank this cocktail and they were revived and they weren't hungover anymore? Well, there you go. Boom. Stop. History lesson over. Stop. Yeah. So great segue. Wow. Yeah. So this actually started out as a term for a drink that you would have the morning after, right? So you got a little bit of the brown bottle flu, the Irish virus, a little, little divine punishment if it's on a Sunday, right? God's punishing <laughs> that's you. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, my favorite oh, one. Oh, that's good. So you would go out the next day. And by the way, the term corpse survivor goes way, way back. I mean, they've been talking about hangovers for a long time. I think I said in an, an episode, might have been eggnog, might have been something else where I'm like, I don't know, they didn't really talk about the hangovers. They do. I just wasn't paying attention. This is a style of, started out as like a, not a recipe, but like a time of drinking, you know? So you, oh, I don't funny. even know if that's the right word, like a kind of drink, right? Yeah. So you get up in the yeah. morning, you'd, you'd have a pick-me-up, you'd have an eye opener, you have a bracer, or a little hair of the dog that bit you, or a corpse reviver. Yeah, I would say hair of the dog is the modern term now of a corpse reviver. Yeah, hair of the dog is absolutely the modern term of the corpse survivor. However, unlike the corpse survivor, the hair of the dog doesn't have a drink associated with it. And by the way, it really didn't then either. The term first appeared in Punch magazine in 1861. And then, by the way, that's a British-based magazine. And then the term became associated with a recipe in 1871. So somebody said, oh, well, here you go, a little brandy, a little maraschino liqueur, and Boker's bitters, and there's your corpse reviver. Then a different recipe appears in 1903, and this is more like a pousse cafe. Have you ever heard of a pousse cafe? No. A pousse cafe is like a drink. It's P-O-U-S-S-E, pousse cafe. And it's a drink that's a layered drink with multiple different liqueurs and alcohols. And so as the weights of, you know, just kind of yeah, like if you remember chemistry class, right? So the weight depends upon where it lands in the layers. And so Pousse Cafe, anyways, I've said too much. So you got the Pousse Cafe, right? But there wasn't a clear definition of what a corpse reviver was. It was just kind of like this broad term and people were just assigning ingredients to it. Enter Harry Craddock. Oh man, this guy. Yeah, I know. You know who he is, and if you don't, and this is like the first episode you've ever listened to, you've never heard us talk about Harry before, you have no idea who he is. Harry Craddock was an English-born, American-trained bartender. So he is born in England, moves to the United States, becomes a career bartender, prohibition hits. He's like, I'm out of here, right? Going back to England. 
and is the head bartender at the Savoy, at the American Bar at the Savoy Hotel. Which, by the way, I don't know if I've ever said before. I sent my so my son was in London this past summer, and I'm like Ben, you have to, you got to go to the Savoy. Yeah, I sent a hundred dollars his way Aww. to take his girlfriend to the Savoy. They had three cocktails for eighty three dollars. <laughs> Are you kidding? Well, I mean, this isn't no slouchy joint, no, right? Brad, like the Savoy I is. Like, I feel like that's cheap. Because that's, you're totaling oh, six. Good. You're totaling six drinks, right? Three for him, three for her? No, no. Three total. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he had one, she had one, and then they shared one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's expensive. All right. Well, <laughs> worth it though. Worth it though. Totally. You know, and what a cool thing. I'm like, go, go experience this for me. So Harry was the head bartender at the Savoy. And he's also the guy who wrote the Savoy cocktail book. And this book like wasn't the first cocktail book that came out, but this was a culmination of all of the drink knowledge. And it's got 750 recipes in it. And if you don't have it, run to Amazon and buy it, by the way, right now. Yeah. Of which in here is the Corpse Reviver number two. He's also got a Corpse Reviver number one. Now, Interesting thing about the Corpse Survivor number two is that he writes four of these taken in swift succession will unrevive the corpse again. That's funny. Have four of these and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Corpse Survivor number one, underneath that, he says to be taken before 11 a.m. or whenever steam and energy are needed. Now, I'll tell you, I got a Corpse Reviver number one right here. It is like a Manhattan, but instead of using bourbon or rye, it uses a split base and it goes with Calvados, which is an apple brandy. We talked about that in the Applejack episode, Uh right? And then it also has cognac in it, equal parts Calvados and cognac. And then you add a little Italian vermouth or sweet vermouth, but like an Italian sweet vermouth. Wait, I think I might like... The Corpse Survivor number one more. Oh, well, let me take another sip and tell you. Lovely. Lovely. I feel like I'd use a little hit of bitters. What's that? It's so different, though, than the Corpse Survivor number two. Well, totally different. I mean, this, again, goes to the fact that these drinks, like, just kind of have this weird opening to interpretation. Although, when Craddock wrote this, like, it just, the Corpse Survivor number two just became the drink that represented the Corpse Survivors. And I don't know if Harry was a professional barman, right? And so maybe he had a recipe and a customer had a recipe. And a customer said, well, this is my Corpse Survivor. And Harry's like, well, this is my Corpse Survivor. Or maybe somebody else said that this is my Corpse Survivor. Both were good. And he's like, all right, we got the number one and we got the number two. Nobody wrote this stuff down. That's all I can imagine probably happened. Right. Because why not just call it something else, right? Because they don't even look alike. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I think that you said it perfectly, though. It makes sense as to why there's two different is because it's kind of like the hair of the dog. And so who says they had to be the same in the first place? They both do the same thing, right? They both do the same thing. Both are spirit forward, heavy hitting mofos. Mofos. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to take this one on in the alley. On an empty stomach. No, no, you do not. No, you do not. <laughs> number serve, one, serve this with your olives two. and crackers and pretzels. 
Yeah. Good pasta base. (laughs) Yeah. It's good right about now. All right. So we've got Harry's recipes. And then like, well, all right. So why, why was this? And I don't have a great explanation for this other than the fact that in 1956, both recipes appear again in this guy, Patrick Gavin Duffy, another bartender who wrote Official Mixer's Manual, right? It's another cocktail book. Only in 1956, he substituted Swedish punch, that's P-U-N-S-C-H, instead of Kina Lele, because what's Swedish punch? And this stuff is actually still around. I haven't had it, but you can bet your bottom dollar I am going to go try it. Yeah, so Swedish punch is a bottled spirit that it's, it's basically, they started bottling punch. And this spirit made it's like Sweden had their version of punch too. So that was that guy's recipe. Right. So anyways, for whatever reason, like Harry's recipes perpetuate and they just kind of become the standard because Harry probably was considered as the standard when you went to go make cocktails. He wrote this massive encyclopedia of cocktails. You just referenced his stuff and people tried to recreate it. They couldn't because Kina Lele wasn't around. So they just substituted something else. A lot like what's happening now. People are like, oh, Lele Blanc. Lele Kina isn't around. So we'll use Lele Blanc. And it's like, mm, no, it doesn't even taste the same. Get Cokey. Yeah. Cokey Americano. All right. So then you're like, well, are, are there other recipes for the Corpse Survivor? And yes, indeed there are. So we talked about this guy from 1956. We've got Harry's. There's the Cafe Royale cocktail book in 1937, which featured a Corpse Survivor. This was brandy, orange, and lemon juice, fresh juices, and then grenadine. And that was shaken and topped with sparkling wine. Oh. Yep. And then in the same book, you've got Godfrey's Corpse Reviver. Thank you, Godfrey Baldini. And his was gin, vodka, grenadine, and Angostura bitters. And then in the same book again, you've got the new Corpse Reviver. And that's with Martini and Rossi's Sweet Vermouth, Apple Brandy or Calvados, and Brandy, which sounds a lot like the Corpse Reviver number one. And then we've got a different book or maybe no book at all. (laughs) This is interesting. Back to the Savoy. So Joe Gilmore, who was Harry Craddock's successor in 1954, he came up with the Savoy Corpse Reviver because apparently Harry's wasn't good enough. And this version, I don't know, maybe it was a contract year, but his version included cognac, fernet, and white creme de cacao. And by the way, it's not creme de cocoa. It's creme de cacao. Wait, that sounds like a uh, 20th century. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you got me on that one. I'll have to look it up. Oh, 20th century. Wait, Brad? What? Have you never had a 20th century? I've had a lot of things, Jules. I ain't never had that. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's one of my all-time freaking what? favorite Talk consoles. to me, Goose. What's in a 20th century? White creme de cacao. And mm. then you have your... Hold on. Let me... Let, let, let me... Yeah, I already got you. Okay. All right. 20th century cocktail is white creme de cacao, gin, Mm -hmm. Le Blanc, again, (gasps) fun, and uh, lemon juice and garnish with lemon toast. All right. Well, I'm just going to give you the recipe. One and a half ounces of gin, half ounce of Le Blanc, half ounce of creme de cacao, white, and three quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. Shake it. Garnish with lemon twist. So good. I love it so much. Maybe we'll cover it on the podcast. We probably should. 
There are a gazillion. Harry Craddock had 750 in his book, <laughs> and we've come a long way oh since then. Oh, my God. This show could go forever. Yeah. All right. Last Corpse Survivor recipe is coming at us from the year 2000. Okay. So someone took the Corpse Survivor and Jules did, and they swapped out Cointreau for Blue Curacao. Hey. And that is the Corpse Survivor number blue. And it was in 2007. And this was actually in response to a Facebook group that called for a jihad on all blue drinks. And so this New Zealand bartender, Jacob Breyers, said, I got you. I'm just going to throw this right back in your face and created a Corpse Survivor number blue. Three-quarter ounce London Dry Gin, three-quarter ounce Le Le Blanc, three-quarter ounce Blue Curacao, three-quarter ounce Lemon Juice, and he uses three-dash of absinthe. So maybe... Just maybe, because I've already had a one and a two. I got to try the blue and probably some of these others. And I guess a 20th century. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. We got some work. I got some work. You got some homework to do. Yeah, for sure. And the Corpse Reviver number blue or Reviving Jack Frost is just, (laughs) it really is. It's a fun one that explores. Just call it whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. That's yours now. (laughs) It just explores the Corpse Reviver number two, which is just an equal parts cocktail using really good quality ingredients, and you can alter it to your liking. And you know what? It's a classic for a reason. And that's why I like when classic cocktails have riffs. That means it's good. That means you want to evolve on the already established foundation, which is fun. And I will be trying the Corpse Survivor number one because it does sound different. Yeah. And I love cognac. So that's my homework, Brad. Yeah. And if you haven't had Calvados, I think you have, but man. That's good. I think so. Love Calvados. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that face alone tells me you, if you said, oh yeah, I love Calvados, then I would be like, okay, you've had Calvados, but you're like, I think so. Yeah. Nah. I don't think about it. Yeah. Maybe like, I, I think I've been at like a cocktail bar and they've like, that was like the ingredient, but I don't think I've ever had it on its own. Yeah. I love Calvados. It's a good sipper on its own. Well, wow. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up here and okay. get into the tips. We've talked long enough. All right, I'm keeping these tip sections short. And I, I love have a, it. Yeah, right? I know. Uh, we needed it. But this is easy. It's fun. It's interactive. You can do it yourself. You can do it for many different cocktails. This technique uh, I call frosting your glass. And it's great for this cocktail that I made, which was the defrosting or, wow, defrosting, reviving Jack Frost. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really, that went out of left field. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Jack, I'm de- <laughs> um, defrosting Jack Frost. Uh, oh, that's that sounds that's cool. not it. That's not it. Um, so anyway, frost that son of a. <laughs> he's this- coming out. <laughs> Good lord! I'm tired of his ass. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> So anyway, this frosting technique is great for cocktails like my Jack Frost cocktail. I'm just going to leave it at that. Or you can do it for margaritas, palomas, things like that. It's really fun because you can use it with salts, sugars, ground spices. And really all you need to do is grab, uh, I know a lot of uh, baker's tools, but even painting tools, it's really like a paintbrush. I think you can use it like when you put on barbecue and like, 
pork ribs. It, when you're going to buy that, buy a second one for cocktails. And really, you're going to paint on your glass and don't do a lot of it. I just do like a small section of your glass and you put simple syrup on the brush and you brush where you want your glass to get wet. And then using your fine mesh strainer, you'll put it in a bowl and add in your ingredient. That could be granulated sugar. It could be ground spices. It could be certain salts. And you're going to fill that up. And then you're going to tilt your glass to the side. You're going to grab that fine mesh strainer and you're going to lightly just shimmy sham little taps to create this like snowfall effect on your glass. And because you have the simple Mm. syrup on there, it'll stick to your glass. So it will give this frosted look. So if you use the white granulated sugar, which I like on this Corpse Reviver number blue, because it kind of adds that like wintry feeling, but I've done it on a Paloma where I've used ground hibiscus or ground beet powder. And it creates like this really beautiful, soft pinkish red color that's just like rimmed on the side of your glass. So it's just a, it's kind of like a frou-frou garnish. It doesn't really add anything except for it adding to the experience. I think the experience matters, right? Like people love the looks of a cocktail before I think they love the taste of the cocktail. Facts. I have learned to up my garnish game because of you, Jules. Really impressed with yours today, Brad. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. I'm really trying to show up. Yeah, you you crushed it. So uh, there you go. Take with that what you will. Yeah, and uh, hey, look, Jack Frost, if you're out there listening, watch your back. Watch your back. Coming for you. Coming for you, Mr. Ross. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to frost you. you. Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or at favorite uncle brad that's me also on the insta and hey subscribe to my cocktail club on facebook all you'll need to do is search join jules cocktail club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up this is a red rock music podcast don't forget subscribe like and review the art of drinking with join jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts